Welcome to the Law of Anarchy podcast in the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, Mindful Love Coach, here with you today to talk about the healing of trauma and childhood wounds. This is a true act of self-love and the process in dealing with the pain And instead of ignoring it, loving yourself enough to move to the other side. And while oftentimes healing very deep-rooted, especially childhood pain, isn't a one-and-done kind of thing, there are many modalities, anything from plant medicine, therapy, coaching, yoga practices, mindfulness practices, and most of all, what we learn in our relationships. Today's guest, Tasha Marie Hanna, who is blessing us with her presence for a second time, or about six months ago, she came on and shared about her sacred soul retreats. Tasha Marie promotes self-awareness and care through multiple modalities, including Reiki, sound healing, human design, and holistic wellness retreats. Her greatest desire is to support others along the journey towards health and happiness. I'm going to plug my new program, Moving from Casual Dating to Conscious Relating. Learn to fall in love with yourself while finding deep, soulful love. This eight-week program, you can rewrite your love story. But first, finding a true connection with yourself that enables you to consciously attract and connect with your ideal partner. If you'd like more information, I'll have it down in the show notes. Feel free and contact me about the eight-week program. So listeners, pull up a chair, put your ear pods on, or turn up the volume in your car. And join us in this conversation as I welcome Tasha Marie Hanna. Welcome, Tasha Marie. Thank you, Andrea, for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on again. It's been, I was counting, about five months ago or almost six months ago that I had you on last before, um, yes, the Sacred Soul Retreat. It's crazy how time flies. It is. And now we're solidly into 2023. Today uh, is the Lunar New Year, actually, um, and the first day uh, as we step into the age of Aquarius. So it's a it's an excellent day to, for our uh, topic. So, yeah, it seems pretty aligned. <laughs> yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit more about you, Tasha Marie. Sure. So yeah, my name is Tasha Marie Hanna, and uh, I am the owner of Your Unique Frequency and also co-founder of Sacred Soul Retreats. Um, I do human design readings, sound healing, Reiki, 
And all of this has kind of combined together to also do retreats with my uh, co-founder and best friend, Aubrey, which Andrea was very fortunate to attend one of our retreats here in Colorado. That's actually how we got connected. So it's, it was really beautiful to make that connection. And yeah, we're just uh, here sharing all the tools that have helped us along our journey. And so that's really, I think, part of my soul's purpose is to go through you know, these profound layers of healing with these different modalities and then to share them with others and see if, if they resonate with them too. So uh, I'm really excited to, to dive into 2023 and the energies that we're all feeling, uh, you know, the, the pressure that we're feeling to, to move forward, to let go, to observe ourselves. How are we holding ourselves back? How can we focus on more self-care and coming into acceptance about who we really are and you know uh, allowing ourselves the grace to move through these layers and to really step further into who we can truly be and so it's just it's such a magical journey and I'm very grateful to be able to share share mine and hopefully inspire others along the way yes I'm excited to hear more about your transition. And I can't say more about uh, your retreat. And I was just called to it. And um, I just knew I had to do it. But it was one of the it was one of those little stepping stones of my progress as I've moved into 2023. And it gave me a time to just pause um, to and, and adjust my rudder in the direction I was going and, and in the process meeting tribe members like you and all the participants. And it was just magic. It was just amazing. So I definitely recommend any of our um, longer retreats. And then you just did a few um, smaller ones in, in, in my hometown or in my town in Fort Collins. Yeah, we did. We were trying to, you know, build build more community and connect with souls here in Colorado without, you know, it having to be a three-day commitment. So uh, we did sound healing, yoga, cacao, breath work, and um, did it, you know, just as like a two-day or sorry, two-hour event. And it, it was really, really awesome to see how we could like condense a retreat down to two hours. So into our topic and like what what you've been learning and bringing in more self-love and authenticity and what's coming to mind um, is letting go of knowing. Mm. We were talking about your last birthday and I was reflecting back when I when I was in my 30s and you know thinking like I needed to know so much. 20 years later I It's like the more I live, the less I know and the more I trust the process. Yeah, we we live in a society and in a culture, in a world really that is very logical. It's very mind driven. It's very mind oriented. So we tend to, you know, be conditioned to make decisions with our mind and to say yes to everything. And oftentimes that leads us to, you know, not being able to see the things that are actually for us because we've said yes to so many things that we think are for us or that are right that are actually not. And that's part of the 
the, I guess, what you'd call the awakening, awakening process, right, is beginning to realize and understand what actually is for you. What is, what is your mind telling you is a yes, this is for me. I have to do this. I made this commitment, you know, versus what is your gut? What is your heart? You know, what are these lower centers in our bodies telling us that the instincts, the, the kind of almost even primal feelings that we get in our body versus what the logical mind is saying. And that's uh, one of the tools I use is human design. It's basically, I like to say astrology on steroids in a way. And it, it really helps us tap into our true self versus the not self. So there's the self, there's the not self, there's basically these two sides of ourself. And we either let the not self drive our life forward, or we let the true essence of who we really are drive our life forward. And unfortunately, in this day and age, we are conditioned by a not self world. We live in a world that's very mind dominated, um, very much, you know, trying to think about what is right versus feeling what is right. And so that was a big shift for me is moving from the logic, using logic as a tool versus making decisions with logic and instead using the heart, using, you know, the lower, the lower centers of the body to really feel into and tap into the intuition of what is right and what is not. And so that's a big, big step, a big kind of learning curve in the process of, of discovering yourself, of tapping into more self-love, um, and bringing acceptance to all parts of ourselves, the good and the bad, all of the experiences that we've had in our life that kind of, you know, condition us and make us who we are. And also knowing that we can let go of those things, that they don't have to define us, that we can actually use a lot of those experiences, especially even traumatic experiences as something to move you forward as power, as momentum, to bring courage into your life, into these parts of you that, that maybe you've never tapped into or you don't know. So bringing that into your awareness and again also bringing acceptance to those things that have kind of dictated you um, I think the biggest thing for me was learning to observe myself my life my actions my thoughts uh, without it without being hard on myself right we have a tendency to see these things that are potentially negative or these patterns or these habits or these things that we can't get out of and then then we beat ourselves up about it I, I love you. I accept you. I appreciate you. Now, how do we move forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm thinking of things like we always have a choice and sometimes we don't feel like we have. And like we talked talked about childhood trauma. It's like, well, I didn't have a choice then. And sometimes that feeling gets stuck with us and we feel like trapped in it. And like we identif over identify with being a victim to that trauma, but we have a choice to rewrite it or look at it maybe as um, a springboard. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us in some sense can look back in our life and see things that were pretty, pretty traumatic. You know, there's always the spectrum and everyone's person, everyone's personal experience is unique, of course, but, you know, come, uh, myself coming from a, um, a history of, of childhood trauma and, um, observing myself, looking back how that 
really dictated and ruled my younger years. Uh, as a teenager, you know, I, I just wanted to forget about life. I wanted to escape. So I turned to marijuana. I turned to drinking, being super social, you know, just basically forgetting about forgetting about everything, not really taking any time to really think like, who is Tasha Marie? It was more just, I don't want to be here. You know, life sucks. How can I escape this reality that I'm living? And I think a lot of us get stuck in that, you know, especially in our younger years. And even as we grow older, how, how am I letting those experiences come into who I am now? Because even though, yes, they will always be a part of me, it doesn't mean that those parts of me have to rule my life. And I think a big part of my spiritual journey and being able to uh, come to terms with these things, to observe how I was allowing them to dictate my life really came through when I started experimenting with uh, different plant medicines. First, it was, you know, some mushrooms, which was more recreationally, but I feel like it still, you know, helped me tap into some different parts of myself that maybe had never been awoken. And then right around when I was 26, I uh, got into the world of other plant medicines like ayahuasca and San Pedro and that was just like a huge deep dive into all of the repressed memories and um, energetic patterns and, you know, the hate and the guilt and the shame that I held deep within myself, uh, which then, you know, led to feelings on the surface of not being worthy of not, you know, um, being able to be who I truly was and, and just feeling kind of lost, you know? So you can either let those feelings of being lost control you and, and use maybe substances or people or pleasure or distractions to deal with it. Or when that stuff comes up, you dive deep into it, you observe it, you accept it, you allow it, and then you let it go. You begin to open up these, these spaces or these different avenues that were never there because you were too confined in your little box of this is who I am. And I, these things happen to me, you know, and um, not saying that people aren't victims because, you know, when you've experienced serious trauma, you are, but you get kind of stuck in the victim mentality, which then makes you, you know, just approach life in a kind of a limited way and a limited perspective. So as you begin to take away those layers of that victim mentality, coming to acceptance that these things happen to me and it's valid and, you know, but, but it doesn't have to have control. You know, I can use these things that happen to me to tap further into my truth strengths and who I am. And um, I think that's what I really encountered, you know, going through the ceremonies in ayahuasca, letting go of the trauma, observing the trauma, seeing that just because it happened to me, it isn't me. And that's a huge, huge thing. Yes. And uh, I'm doing so much inner child work with my clients right now. And it's finally, it comes down to that child. And, you know, you think your inner child, it doesn't have that much power. Our wounded inner child has so much power that we don't see because it's always been there. And um, that's the one that's like, anxious and fearful and um but also the part of you that doesn't understand that there's another part of you that is an adult that has a driver's license that you know that buys you know healthy food and you know makes it yourself and drives a car you wonder why you do 
you make these choices or you behave in a certain way um, and just kind of stuff the pain of that child because that child was, didn't have a choice like we do now. And I think that's really where um, coming in and reparenting that part, you know, part of you and having that child have a voice. That's what I think of when I think of like the ayahuasca. It's like letting all of that free to um, maybe, I don't know, write a different story. I don't know exactly how you'd word it or what your experience was. Yeah, the inner child work is definitely really powerful. You think back to when you were that child or you, when you, or you're in a deep meditation or you're in a ceremony and, and that the inner child, that younger side of you becomes present and it can be scary almost. It can be nerve wracking, but I think those, those moments happen for you to go back and give that child the love it didn't have. Um, you know, whether it's fear of abandonment or emotional unavailability or not being heard or not being seen or, or being abused, um, that child doesn't know any different. All it knows is it's having those experiences and this is what life is. And this is, you know, using that programming to then move forward. And then that's what causes a lot of dysfunction in so many people's lives. And so being able to go back and even just visualize or feel and tap into who you were at that time and, and feeling how fearful that child was, how scared, how nervous, how alone that child was. And being able to say that I am here for you. Like this grown up version is here for you. I support you. I see you, you know, and I'm getting chills as I'm saying this because it, it is so powerful. And it, and that's one, another great tool. I'm glad you're doing it with your clients, you know, one step in reprogramming and, and real helping people realize that they have more control over what they let affect them than they realize. A lot of times, again, we just are victims and we just allow it to happen, but we really have a choice. And that's another thing we're not taught as children is that we have a choice to be who we want, to do whatever we want in this life. It's more okay, this is who you are. This is what you need to do to be successful. This is how you're going to move forward. You know, by this age, you're going to have all this figured out. And for most of us, that's just not how it works. I mean, I was just saying, you know, when I turned 30, I'm now 33. But when I turned 30, I'm like, I feel better now. And I know more now than I did when I was 20. And I'm only just now finally at the point where I'm figuring out who I am. What is my purpose? What do I enjoy doing? How can I help people? And I think when you're younger and especially when you, you know, you've had a rough upbringing or whatever, none of that's even in your mind. You're just trying to think, how do I survive? So a lot of the times it's getting out of that. I'm just here to survive. How do I just make it in this life? I think only just in these last few years have I tapped into more of that thriving nature rather than just surviving. It's funny how much we're fearful of these inner child feelings because we weren't allowed to have them as children. If you, if you lived in a toxic home growing up, you're not, you know, you were told, no, your feelings are wrong. And so we learn to stuff them and it becomes a habit. And then there's that anxiety about any of those intense feelings. And we're scared of the inner child's feelings. 
or the reality of how that felt, but it's knowing we we are not there anymore. We can make a choice to be in a safe place, but sometimes not examining that, we recreate those situations over and over very unconsciously. Yeah, we get comfortable in the dysfunction, you know, and I think we've all been there in some capacity where whether it's a habit or a pattern or, you know, a a self-limiting belief, uh, we just get, we get kind of stuck there. And it's almost like we get comfortable in the way that our life kind of isn't the greatest, you know? Um, And, and that, and that's, I'm not saying that's necessarily bad. There's just so much untapped potential in each and every person. And, and, you know, even on a spiritual journey, even as you become, you know, closer to who you actually are, and you begin living more in your passions, you're still going to have days or times where these things come up. Another huge thing, another shift in my life was realizing, actually, I need to put myself first. The healthier that I am physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the more likely I am to be able to show up in life for other people in a better way. And it's almost like the more that you focus on your self-care, coming to acceptance, um, healing the wounds inside of you, you know, even if you don't do anything for anyone else, that is a ripple effect. You heal from inside and then you're just around these people. And even if you don't say anything, you don't even talk to them. The fact that you've done that healing translates through your aura. You know, we're all connected. It's all energy. It's all vibrations. The more that you align yourself and focus on yourself doesn't make you selfish. Now there's a, there's a level to this, right? There's selfish in the, in the sense that I'm going to take care of myself. I want to be healthy. I want to be emotionally stable. And then there's also, you know, maybe the more egotistical realm of, you know, everything's for me, uh, you know, uh, maybe trying to think that you have to be at the top or you're better than everyone else. So I'm definitely not saying like selfishness in that way, but more in a selfishness of like, how, how are you? (laughs) Are you happy? Are you healthy? Are you like, what, what is going on inside of you? And a lot of people try to avoid that. They don't even want to, to touch on that because it's scary. Once you start touching on it, it's an avalanche. (laughs) You can't, you can't go back. Exactly. And that's it. I'm like, you know, uh, I remember the director of my program when I was in grad school, she's like, God, some days don't you just want to be a cashier at Kmart when Kmart was around and just like be oblivious to all this. That's why we're here for that, that rich journey. Um, And that's why it's so painful to be looking outside yourself all the time for validation or Mm -hmm. even like people say, oh, I'm so selfless, but in a codependent way, you are actually, you know, being controlling, trying to get your needs met from overgiving and not focusing on yourself too. There's so many different layers to it. And um, we're not taught, you know, to say, oh, well, what, you know, what do you want? Check in with yourself first. And we're not taught, especially as women to say no. Mm, yeah. Oh, you know, saying no. And, um, also saying yes, saying yes to things that are actually 
within our heart's desires and saying yes to the things that actually feel really good rather than the things that have kept us in that loop. This is where we've always been. So let's just say yes to this thing that actually is detrimental or holding you back or causing you pain, causing you agony. A lot of people do this in relationship. And uh, unfortunately, we a lot of times we model our relationship and the partners we look for from our parents. And if you're lucky, maybe you had a parents that were very harmonious, had an amazing relationship. You had this incredible model in front of you, but let's be realistic. Most of us didn't have that model. So we go searching for something that is actually just going to continue that dysfunction that we saw in our parents in in their their relationships. So being able to observe our past, our family, all these things that we saw that did condition us to uh, adopt these beliefs or these people that we seek out and being able to be like, you know what? I don't want that anymore. This is not for me. And then opening up to what is for me. Who do I want? What what kind of relationship or partnership or even friendships could nurture me um, in a better way? And also, you know, even uh, partnerships that are harmonious and nurturing, there's always going to be challenge. There's always going to be things that come up. And especially with your um, personal partner, your significant other, usually they're going to be the ones that challenge you the most, right? And sometimes it can be maybe in a negative way. Maybe it's the repeating of the pattern. Um, you're choosing someone like your dad or your mom, uh, or it's like you're choosing someone who's actually going to challenge those beliefs that actually maybe you didn't get a lot of love as a child and this person is trying to give you lots of love more love than you even know what to do with so it's frightening it's scary and I've actually experienced this in, a, in my own life like you run from that you actually tend to be more comfortable with someone who's more unemotionally available because that's what you grew up in that's what you were used to and that's actually my current partner now Joseph and I he really he gives so much love he's there for me he understands me he knows how to just communicate rather than being yelling and screaming and all this emotional stuff that I experienced as a kid. So he's helping me when I do get triggered or something comes up instead of being reactive or yelling at me or making me feel like it's my fault or whatever it is. He's like, do you see, you know, you see what's going on here? You know, how are you feeling? Like, why are you know, why are you feeling this way? And then I'm like, Oh, wow. Why did I just respond in that way? You know, so some relationships can encourage growth. Um, even if it's a little challenging, you can be supportive of one another. And there's the other relationships. That's just the pattern. There's always going to be the universe that's challenging you, right? You're maybe you're, you've been single for a little while. You've been working on yourself. You feel really, feel really good where you're at. And maybe you have this, this guy or this girl come to you and you're like, wow, I'm really drawn to this person, you know, and you start to kind of spend time with them, but then you start recognizing the patterns. You start seeing that, oh, maybe they're a little controlling, or maybe, you know, there's these red flags that come up that typically you would ignore because that's your pattern. Instead of ignoring it, you know, let go of that relationship. And eventually there's going to be someone that's completely, you know, maybe someone you wouldn't even think that you'd ever be interested in, or you'd never, you know, really be drawn to, but you are. Maybe that person is going to be this maybe new healthy relationship that's going to challenge you in, in good ways. So that's, that's always a, 
uh, interesting pattern to, to decipher as we grow older. <laughs> yeah, because we get comfortable in those emotionally unavailable. Because as children, your role was like always trying to assess the situation so you could get your needs met. And that's what's comfortable. So, you know, it's like, oh, it's out of reach. And so I'll do this and this and this, or I'll tweak this or taking the blame for everything. Because as kids, we don't understand the complexities of relationships and family structures and things like that. So oftentimes we blame ourselves. And then that pattern continues. But two, we can also like also do it differently and learn as we look at the patterns too, instead of berating ourselves, like I keep doing the same things, I'm a horrible person, I'm broken, say, wait a minute, maybe I'll reflect on this and maybe I can look a little bit deeper under to why I'm choosing this and why I'm responding in certain ways. And know too that a healthy person may Um, if you're not healed with it may seem boring or, or it's easier to be with somebody emotionally, emotionally unavailable because then you don't have to be vulnerable either. Yes. A hundred (laughs) percent. And that's also where the self-love and acceptance comes in, right? Because if you worked on embracing what you've been through and what it is to be yourself and that you do, yes, have some of these things that, um, are triggers or that you haven't worked through kind of what maybe someone would say is like baggage bring coming into relationship or stepping into a, a new for new way of life or whatever. You're always going to have these things. And the hardest thing is to just accept it. This is what happened. This is what, you know, I'm working through. These are some of the things that are still a part of me that, that I would really like to, uh, you know, work through and release. And sometimes we can't do that unless we are in a close relationship, unless we are triggered. And instead of just getting stuck in those triggers and stuck in those cycles, we can instead begin observing. So that's been a huge part of, of this process of me is like in the past, I would never like think about what I said or what I did. I just did it. And it was like, well, if you didn't like it, well, you know, then that's, that's on you. Right. Versus like, oh, I just said that I reacted in that way. I put that energy out there. That's something coming from within me, but instead, instead of letting it go into that downward spiral, you can then move upwards. Oh, I feel this trigger. I know because in my past relationship, my partner cheated on me that, you know, I'm then projecting that onto my current partner or, um, I was abused as a child. So then when this situation comes up, I feel like I'm going to get abandoned or I'm going to get hurt or whatever it is. Right. And it's mostly, it comes down to our nervous system. So, you know, when we are in those, kind of traumatic um, experiences growing up in these kind of dysfunctional households, our nervous system gets programmed to constantly be in fight or flight. So we do, we can do any number amount of spiritual work and our nervous system still in certain circumstances and instances gets triggered into, I have to fight or I have to get out of here or I'm going to be hurt or whatever it is. So um, a big part of recently my journey has been realizing 
realizing when my partner does do something or say something that then I'm triggered, I feel like I need to like yell at him or I need to just like leave the room. I need to run. I need to leave the house. And instead of feeding into those feelings, I realize I am safe. I am secure. I'm, I'm okay right here. We are literally just having a conversation. That's a huge, you know, that's a huge amount of work all in its own. (laughs) Yes. Our neuro, our neuro network. Yes. And our nervous system, like huge. And that's when, uh, like the, the Reiki for me, Reiki yoga meditation and, especially like with meditation is like knowing how my mind works, but also knowing how to ground and connect and know that these thoughts and that cause these feelings that causes that nervous system reaction, it's physiological too. And it feels like people say, but it felt like that. I'm like, well, our feelings are not always fact. And just because you feel like that doesn't mean it's the truth. And it's so easy to blame the people closest to you, mirroring that back to you. And and then making sure that you're vulnerable too, and being able to be safe and being vulnerable to even just examine it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because there's no, and there's no spiritual bypassing. we all experience this. People, I remember having a client and she, you know, went, you know, went through um, naturopathic schooling and became a yoga teacher and, you know, Ricky, and then had a relationship. And she's like, oh my gosh, I still feel bad. And I still, and some stuff still comes up. I'm like, darling, that's spiritual bypassing. You can't, you know, just because you've gone through these things and you know, these things, we're still human and accepting that about ourselves is one of the most important things and being vulnerable and, and human and messy and still loving ourselves anyways. Yes, exactly. And the biggest part of that is right. First and foremost, not being hard on ourselves for being human, for being messy, for having these things that even if we've done an incredible amount of work on ourselves that are still there. And I think that's why uh, choosing relationships, choosing friendships, choosing communities that embrace who you are this spiritual, magical healer being, (laughs) and also this messy human that has all this stuff that they're still working through. Like nobody's perfect. And, um, if you are in your patterns and in your relationships, friendships, significant other, maybe even in communities or a workspace where, uh, you are kind of stuck in that, that old pattern, um, and you know that the not self again in human design then there's not going to be much of an opportunity there for self love for acceptance for you know growth in that way because you're kind of so stuck in that the even the neural patterns that create those things in your life but the more that you can let go of the people places and things that are no longer aligned sometimes we have a tendency to hold on to things that did again cause that comfort even if it's comfort in dysfunction uh, maybe this person and did love us. They did offer us support at some time. We did have all these amazing uh, things, these experiences together. You know, it, it can be hard for us to let that go. But as we evolve, as we grow, as we step further into ourselves, we need to realize that sometimes those things aren't serving us anymore and that it is okay 
to let go of those things and create space in your life. And this is kind of the place where I'm in right now is, is being able, I have let go of a lot of people, places and things. I I guess most people would look at me and say, she's kind of a loner, you know, (laughs) and, and, and that's okay. I've, I've embraced that the more that you are alone, the more that you can really tap into who am I, what do I want to do without all these external influences? And I realized I used to use relationship and friendships and and things in the outer world again as distraction. Mm -hmm. So the more that I can let go of those things that are no longer serving me, those relationships that are no longer serving me, the more I create this space, this aloneness that is, it's uncomfortable. Like, I'll be honest, it's not always a comfortable space. I have moments of peace and I do enjoy being alone more than I ever have in my life, but it is kind of uncomfortable because you are just left to sit with yourself and your feelings and who you are and what you're doing. And you know, that, that can be really scary. Um, but it can also be really fulfilling when you start to just again, come to acceptance a lot of people, they say, I want, I want to heal. I want to grow, but then they're not willing to let go of anything in their life. And if you don't create that space, you don't have the time or the energy to, to do it. And that's, uh, I created an integration program. Um, I was using it specifically for after, uh, ayahuasca ceremonies, but I've actually kind of opened it up to the, to the general public in a way, because integration is not just about, you know, having a crazy, you know, ayahuasca experience and then trying to integrate that into your life. It's about having these different experiences. It's about coming to these different realizations. And then how do you integrate that? How do you make that change in your life? How do you create the time, the space and the energy to move forward, to create something new in your life? Because if it's too filled up with all this other stuff, you're not going to go anywhere. But change is the only constant in this universe. So if we embrace that, if we ride that wave, if we ebb and flow with it, it makes it a little easier. Yeah. And the importance of being able to know yourself and be comfortable. And, you know, I often use the phrase being alone, not being lonely. Mm -hmm. Or if you're alone and the loneliness comes up, exploring that and being, you know, comfortable in exploring, well, why is this coming up? I just had an experience last night and I was doing um, my manifestation collage for 2023 and I got like, like you were talking about the goose flesh um, and I was just like, and I was just in it and I'm like, ooh, where's this, you know, examining where it's coming from. Um, And you can have a beautiful time with yourself, but then that is love and acceptance. And then, like you said, then you can go out, you have a healthy relationship with yourself. It's so much easier to be and have healthier relationships outside of that and know which feel good to you and which feel supportive for your growth and which are not. Yeah. Using that discernment. We're not taught discernment. We're not taught introspection. Um, You know, those are things that we have to learn on our own. And 
it's it's always it's always a back and forth. Sometimes some days I feel like I'm very introspective and I I can figure everything out and I'm oh I'm really just in the flow and this is all making sense. And then sometimes it happens and I just feel completely discombobulated. I you know that's you know like you say when you know nothing is when you know when you know <laughs> you know nothing. And so sometimes just accepting like this is this is what's going on. I don't have to understand it. We, and that's again, the logical mind trying to make sense of everything. And when you tap into the spiritual world, a lot of the times things that happen to you make no sense at all. And if you get stuck in your logical mind thinking about that, you don't actually learn or experience like what that feeling or what that emotion or, you know, what that experience is trying to teach you. So there's so many lessons in all of this and, and then finding human design. And so human design is a system of knowledge that basically allows you to see yourself on an energetic level. It gives you these practical and applicable information about who you are, what type of person you are, how it is best to utilize your energy, where you're open energetically, where you're defined energetically. So this is where the self and the not self comes in. And when I was able to like look at this chart and really see myself and where all this dysfunction was kind of programmed into me, it made so much sense. And it allowed me to come to so much self acceptance. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do human design readings. And I love to bring this information to people is because it just allowed me to accept myself. Now I can observe that I can experiment with this information. And as I observe the not self, I can clear that out and make space more for this energy definition, this true self, this true being that I've always felt deep, deep, deep underneath all this other, you know, societal, conditional uh, life that we live in. And so it really allowed me to kind of just see myself at kind of like the, the truest foundational level. And that's where we need to start. That's with the self. That is the foundation upon which everything else can build. If you don't love yourself, if you don't care for yourself, if you don't nurture yourself, how are you supposed to do any of those things for other people without giving so much of yourself that you're just drained? I I always like to say that all of this physical dysfunction, all of this um, stuff on the outer layer is all just a reflection of what's happening inside energetically. So that's, as you said, why Reiki is so powerful because it can go in and kind of, you know, realign the chakras and clear things out. That's why, you know, the different plant medicines can be so, so important because it helps you tap into what's underneath all this physical, like this skin and bones and this, this crazy mind brain that we have, like what's underneath that and kind of, healing from the inside out instead of from the outside in. Yeah. And it's amazing, like the genetics um, research that they've been doing and the, you know, the neuroscience, everything kind of lining up with that. But with human design too, knowing about yourself uh, can help in relationships and knowing the design of your partner too. Yeah, definitely. Those are some of my favorite readings to do is, is relationship readings. And because uh, a lot of times, you know, 
there's maybe some things that we don't really like about our partner or, you know, there's different compromises we've made and, and there's always compromise in some way, shape or form. Um, but being able to just hear like, this is how this person is programmed. And, you know, this is, you know, they, they can, it can manifest in their life in different ways, right? Just because there's this energetic blueprint doesn't mean it's just going to manifest in one certain way, but just having that general understanding of like, oh, your energy operates different than my energy. And we can kind of come to this agreement that like, uh, for instance, there's energy types and there's non-energy types. So these energy types are going to have more energy. They're going to kind of have, you know, this different way of approaching life than the non-energy types. So it's, it's, it's just like a, it's a different way of looking at things. And again, it's like the layers underneath everything that we don't really think about. So it, it can be really powerful and, and it can just bring more just, um, uh, I, I guess understanding is the best word. I was trying to think of a better word, but just a, an acceptance and understanding that like, this is who we are, but also we can, we can grow on this, right? We can use who we are not to get stuck in these patterns that we've been our whole life. Instead, observe the patterns, see these things, begin to heal them, release them, let go of those things that aren't serving us and embrace, uh, create that space, allow for these other things to come through. And combined with the plant medicine, human design and plant medicine kind of came into my life at the same time, kind of used them together to deprogram, to let go of the conditioning, to step further into my truth. And I can say confidently that I wouldn't be here, you know, running two businesses, doing what I do if it weren't for that work that I did. And it was not easy. I mean, <laughs> there's, this work is not easy, but it is so, so worth it. That is, you know, the conditioning and letting go of that fear and stepping into that courage in knowing, like, I know this is going to be hard, but those are the times that you really find that strength within yourself and you get to know yourself and it, at the end, it like in hindsight, looking back, would you have done it any other way? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we can always look back and say, uh, I wish I knew this stuff when I was younger or, you know, whatever kind of wishes like, oh, I could have done so much more with my life or I could have, you know, been so much further and everything has divine timing. We are divine beings. We live in a world that is divinely orchestrated. And so another thing that I've learned through human design is letting go of resistance, simply allowing life to come to us because we're really taught to like go out into the world and make things happen. Right. And that doesn't mean like, Oh, we can just like sit back and watch Netflix all day and life is going to come to us. Right. But it, it more means again, focusing on yourself, finding out what you're passionate about. What do you enjoy doing? What could you wake up every day excited to do? And and instilling more of that into your life, allowing more of the flow, having goals, dreams, aspirations, things you're working towards, but letting go of how that's going to happen. A huge thing for me is I always, so I'm a Capricorn, I'm very structure oriented. I kind of like to know, you know, exactly how this is going to work or whatever. And I had to let go of that in some sense when it came to kind of manifesting what I wanted in the future, because I have the goals, the dreams and the aspirations, but I just wake up every day or every week and I'm like, okay, what are 
two or three things I can do this week to work towards those goals. And by the end of the year, you've done, you know, 50, 60 things or however much to work towards that goal. And you're actually closer to it than if you were just like, it has to work out this way. Yeah. And I love, I love the Capricorn in you being, you know, the Gemini and all water signs that I, I'm like, cause I'm like the, the dreamer too. And I'm always like, so impressed with your organization and stuff like that. And from, Oh, that's another thing. Asking for help um, mm. from people too. It, it, it's so important. We can't know everything and we're here and we're connected and we're here to yes be alone and heal alone but as a part of a collective too yeah it's definitely a balance I mean I think sometimes at least personally I sway I'm either very very social relying on others all these things and then I'm on the complete opposite spectrum where I don't want any help I can do this all by myself this and that (laughs) and so it's about kind of coming in the middle there and finding the balance between okay I know that there is some of this work that is for myself that I meant to do alone that you know I can uh work through and move through and, and, and all of that. But then also, again, like a lot of my stuff this year has been with my partner and being triggered and being able to work through those things that I couldn't do on my own. It's, it's a lot about kind of finding the balance for people, um, and, you know, asking for help, but not relying on help. Um, and yeah, not being, not feeling like less because you maybe aren't good at this or that and you need to ask for help because we all have our own personal strengths. We all, and this is one thing that I've really learned, you know, coming into co-founding sacred souls with Audrey is that we come together and we both have our own unique strengths and things that we're good at and things that we like to do. So we just allow each other to be in that. And then we're stronger together. One big thing that we're trying to do with sacred soul is build community and build people who are all good at these different things so that eventually we can all co co-create and collaborate and create these spaces for other people to heal. So uh, I think that's one area where our, our collective society is moving. It's moving from that kind of patriarchal, hierarchical, like I'm better than you mindset. And instead, you know, let's all combine into this kind of more matriarchal mindset of like, let's work together to co-create and be even stronger than if we just like relied, relied on this one person. What do you want to leave the listeners with um, from what you've learned as we move into 2023? I think the biggest thing is the time is now. If you if you are being called, if your life is feels like it's being a, a you know torn apart or things are falling apart or that nothing is lining up or that you know you're feeling lost. Now is the time to go in, to go inner, to dive into yourself, to maybe spend a little time alone, to really feel what is going on inside of you. How can you make effort? How can you take little steps to 
step into more self-care, to step into more alignment. Um, you know, that that's not to say like, go quit your job that you hate and, you know, just all of a sudden jump into something. It's, it's a step-by-step process, you know, slowly letting go of people, places, and things that are no longer aligned, inviting in those things that are your truth, that will help you be healthier, will, you know, align, help you be more balanced in your emotions and know that it's, it's an everyday type of thing. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, None of this has happened overnight for any of us. I know sometimes we can look at social media or, you know, the media, the world out there. And it looks like this person just did one thing and all of a sudden they're rich and famous and life is amazing. That's just not reality. So just know that if you are on this journey, if life is crumbling around you, that it's okay, that you can start to build back up. But the foundation of that is self-care, self-love. Begin to understand what is actually nurturing you, what is draining you, what can you let go of in order to step more fully into your truth, into your passions, into your joy. Because we are here as spiritual beings having this human experience. So it is about the experience. It is about coming into what brings you joy and happiness. And that's not to say that there aren't going to be some sad things and some hard things that happens. Because if it weren't for those things, we wouldn't get to experience the joy that is happiness, that is passion, that does light us up. It reminds me of that Buddhist saying, how do you fill a bucket one drop at a time? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, how can people reach you? Know more about Sacred Soul Retreats and... um, the, the community that you're building? How can people get a hold yeah. of you? Yeah. So I'll leave you all the links and stuff um, that you can put on this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my website is youruniquefrequency.org. And as of now, that's where all my personal business uh, stuff is with human design and Reiki and integration. But that's also where we have Sacred Soul and the events and the retreats that we're doing. Uh, we do have a community on Facebook that we're growing. And uh, as of right now, that's going to be the best way to connect with the community, to hear about upcoming events and retreats. So I'll leave you the link for that that you can put below. Um, but I'd say, yeah, that and also sacred soul retreats at gmail.com is a good way to get a hold of us too. But yeah, we're just uh, looking to connect with like minded souls and uh, move forward from here. It's a beautiful community. I highly recommend it. So. Tasha Marie, thank you for being on a second time. It's such a pleasure having you on. Of course, Andrea, I appreciate your time and for having me on. And uh, I feel like we're just going to keep doing more and more episodes. I feel like we have time to talk about everything. (laughs) Yes, I, I totally agree. Thank you. My love to you. Thank you, listeners, for listening in to the Love Anarchy podcast in the Relationship Rebellion where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, and founder of Mindful Love, highlighting again my eight-week course on to help you date, relate, and find your ideal mate. From solo dating, we'll move on to mindful love relating.
Again, you can find me on Facebook, Andrea Atherton, and please DM me there if you're wanting more details. Please subscribe, ring the bell, and leave feedback because it helps our podcast so much. And don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. If you want to join Love Anarchy and the Relationship Rebellion, you can find us Love Anarchy Podcast on Facebook. I'm going to leave you with my favorite short but sweet quote. Love is the only true 